Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast and episode 88 with none other than Dana Malstaff of Boss Moms. I knew about Dana years ago and I followed her along her journey as she really built an empire which I think has transcended even her greatest expectations. Dana is no longer using Thinkific but she still advocates for Thinkific for her members, her community. And I think that this conversation showcases the power of Thinkific to help your business do more online. And that's why I really wanted to include Dana in this Thinkific series because she brings so much value to the airwaves and she brings so much value to her community. In this episode, she brings so much value to the conversation about Thinkific, about online courses, about using tools to get the job done. So I don't want to take up a whole lot of bandwidth here. Let's get into this conversation with Dana. Dana, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. This is going to be such an insightful conversation for our listeners because you have a wealth of experience on Thinkific and with course platforms, and I'm just excited to bring your expertise in today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't know who Dana is, she runs the massively successful Boss Moms Network. Is that how you would refer to it? Or would you refer to it a different way? Well, it's technically a business. Boss Mom LLC. We, we actually own trademarks in five different areas of Boss Mom. <laughs> um, and the online community is just the place that has so vibrantly and organically grown on its own. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like it's a whole business. It's a whole thing. We're taking over the world. That's awesome. So you've got a podcast and you've got a community, you've got a Facebook community, you've got a membership, you've run courses, you do launches, you do all sorts of things. Specifically, of course, since this is part of the Thinkific series, we're going to talk about what you have done on Thinkific in the past and how it's helped grow where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I So I didn't start on Thinkific. Um, I'm not sure Thinkific existed when I started which is going to age me a bit. Um, but I, yeah, I remember, I remember buying my first WordPress plugin. I think it was like WP courseware or something like that. Like I okay, bought yep. my first thing and I was like giving membership levels and I was going in the back end trying to figure out like how to give people access and doing things. And then I was like, wait, I got to figure out how people can pay me. And then I've got to fit And there were all these steps of like, Oh man, there's a lot, there's a lot of things to do here. And I remember one day, Thinkific reached out to me and they said, Hey, would you be interested in like coming on and having a chat with us? And I was like, yeah, sure. So, and I was, it was getting started. I didn't have a big community yet. And, uh, and they, I felt super cool by the way. And they got, <laughs> yeah, they got me on the phone and, um, and we like, we got on a zoom and they were walking me through what their program was. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this looks so beautiful. 
like, yes, I would love to try it. Please let me try it. Yeah. And we, and I, I got on and I've since, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Greg, their CEO. I know everybody at Thinkific. Um, I see them every year, social media marketing world. And we often will get on the phone and chat and we'll talk about like what my audience needs. And, um, and I, I always recommend Thinkific is one of the best places to start because you don't have to worry about all the things. It's this one place that they make as easy as humanly possible for you to put something out into the world. So our opt-ins are all on Thinkific, um, you know, all the coursework, um, onboarding processes for my group coaching program, all of those things uh, were on uh, were on Thinkific and they, and they worked brilliantly. And it, this is the thing of why they loved quotes from me because I would tell people, it's not just about like, yes, you, you instead of having this WordPress thing that you feel like is free, right? But mm-hmm. I, it would take me a fraction, like a third, like a quarter, let's say a quarter of the time to get something up and running and going in Thinkific than anywhere else. We are talking, I remember having a four hour course of content that I had recorded that I need to get up into there. And it took me 30 minutes to get it in up with like all the things in just everything was going to where something else would have taken me eight to 10 hours. And that time saved is time I can spend on marketing, which is what actually brings me money. So it was like Thinkific saves you money. I think that's a brilliant way of saying it because that's how I I refer to it. I'm like, just use something that is a hosted platform where there is support because, I mean, if you run into trouble and you are a Thinkific customer, you can email them, you can contact them, you can even call them and they make it so easy. Whereas if you're using some of the other, whether they're hosted or not hosted, like if they may be self-hosted platforms, you don't necessarily have that or you have everything piecemealed, which if you don't have someone like me on your team or someone like Dana's got someone on her team who can take care of those things, then all of a sudden you're going down two, three, four rabbit holes. Thinkific is for me, one of the reasons why I love it so much is because it gets your content out there. It gets you selling. It gets you proving your concept. It gets you to the point where you can say you can double down on re-recording those videos so they look more professional. You can double down on a community engagement. You can double down on those other things because this big, huge boulder of a is not in your way of all the tech and all the needing to do everything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I often find in business that most people spend 80% of their time making content and trying to make the thing they think is going to sell when you should be spending 80% of your time marketing and 20% of the time in creation mode. The real successful people spend 80% of their time getting people to know they exist and to buy their stuff. And, and that's, that's think if it helps you get you into that space. I think that that is absolutely a hundred percent correct. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about what you've used Thinkific for and kind of a little bit about the trajectory of like when you moved over to Thinkific after that phone call and those conversations with Greg and kind of where you took the courses. If there was one course and you just, you know, it was a flagship course, if you had lots of mini courses, kind of just what that structure looked like and 
the uh, the student trajectory or your your members trajectory within your programs. Yeah, yeah. So so one of the first things was moving in our our opt in. We had a really popular opt in for um, Trello, which showed people how to uh, basically how we use Trello as a as a project management and workflow to, tool um, for our business because we found that time management seemed to be one of the biggest issues for moms and moms who wanted to be boss moms. And so we wanted to show you, well, here's how we understand our time. Here's how we manage our time and how we make time and how this can actually help you get a virtual assistant or somebody even quicker because it's all in one place. And we had a lot of, a lot of success with that. So we, we put that, that core, it was originally, it was a video on a landing page. And then I, it was like a, a an hour long video that we then just had like timestamps for. It was like, if you want to go do this, fast forward to here. And, um, and that worked for a long time. It was fine, but we wanted to up that experience. And so we put it into uh, we put it into Thinkific and we made it an actual course, like an actual just opt-in course. So they could go in each one. And then all of a sudden I can tell, wow, here's the point that everybody's stopping or here's the thing. That, and then I was able to add in, what do you do next? And I would lead to a call to me. And that call to me would end up in one-on-one clients or people joining my academy program. And then what we started doing is before I really had a ton of coursework, I had a group coaching program. And so what we would do is every time we would do training for different topics, like how to get featured and how to create a sales page and things like that for our group coaching program. And we would take those and we would put them in as uh, coursework into um, and into, into uh, Thinkific. And we'd start to, it just started to create this sort of repository of content so that as we were getting people into the academy, we would just use this Thinkific bundle and say, oh, here's your academy bundle. You get access to all of the content that we've made. And they were, of course, just recordings of trainings we'd done with past members. Mm-hmm. But it felt, it added this sense of value because it was good training. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily course coursed out and outlined out, but it was good training. And Thinkific made it, made it, allowed us to give them this login to this page that all of a sudden had all these things on it. And then it was like, oh, we're getting so much, right? Which made, of course, us and them feel super cool, um, which is part of the point, right? We all want to feel really special and, and awesome. And so from there, then we started to go, okay, now what are, what are our, our academy members actually using? And we started to get into flash sales. So we're like, wow, everybody's really loving this thing on how to price yourself. So then we would take that and turn that into an actual mini course. And then we would flash sale the course and think if it can just give people access to that one course. And then that started to build up until all of a sudden we had enough content of real courses that we'd made that we turned it into what we called the Boss Mom Vault into a membership site. So just it all kind of built up along the way. Yes, let's let's unpack that a little bit because if someone's listening right now and they're just getting started in their niche, uh, putting online training on, or they've got it on there and they've done these recordings and they've just got recordings that are very simple. When you went and said, "Okay, oh my goodness, this one's really being used. We need to tighten it up. We need to make it into an actual course instead of just a recording of something else. What were kind of the decision points on that? And how did you determine that you should go with this one that has watch through rates of whatever or completion rates of whatever? Like what were kind of some of the deciding factors of saying we need to go and make this into something real? Yeah. So we were definitely looking at who was finishing, like who was Mm -hmm. actually completing. 
Um, and then, and then we would notice just, I mean, to be honest, a lot of it was just feedback. So we would create a feedback loop for every piece of content we'd make. We'd then consistently, so everybody please ask for more feedback, consistently ask, what do you think? What do you like? What do you want? What do you want more of? Um, and those kinds of things within my program so that people would tell us, oh my gosh, I'm loving this, or I love this, or this point you made here. Mm -hmm. Um, and those kinds of things. So between the, what they'd say, and then we could see what actions they were actually taking, we could then go, oh, okay, well then, you know, getting featured is kind of a big deal for people. And oh, okay, now I'm seeing like building a sales page or doing a video sales letter, it's kind of a big deal for people. Um, and, you know, or building out a project plan or launching something or whatever those are. And so that's how we would, like, we tried to keep, I would tell people whenever you're trying to figure out decisions to make, don't give yourself 18 metrics, like figure out the simplest two or three mm -hmm. things that you're going to base your decision on because you don't want to stymie your ability to make a decision. You want to facilitate your ability to, to make a decision. Um, and then we would go in and actually they didn't have it at the time, but they just, you know, I love think of it because they keep getting better. They will actually help like talk you through how you're outlining your course. Like within, they'll give you templated of like, here's how to think through what content should go where, which is great. Um, you know, before they had that, we would go in and we would just, we would just take a look at what the training is that we gave. And then we would say, okay, what's the logical high level milestones of this? Like you would break out a project, we'd look mm -hmm. at those and then we'd say, okay, within those, what are the main teaching points of that? And so each of those would become our modules and then our, and then within there are our chapters as they would say, and then our lessons would go in each of those. And then we'd break it up into something that actually felt like, like a course. Um, and then, and then obviously it's much easier because in what we were doing before there, it's like one video training. Right. Uh, once we broke it up into a course, then we could really see where people were starting to interact and react to things. Um, mm -hmm. but even then keep your metrics simple, just keep your metrics. Yes. Simple. Yeah. I mean, I think even a, a simplest metric that I know of is not even looking at what people are doing is looking at the percentage of people who get to your feedback page and respond to it. Yes. I mean, like sure. if you get 50 people get into your feedback page and 10% of them respond, that's telling you something different that like, you know, one, one thing of a note versus if 50 people got there and 43 of them respond, you know, that the, even that the silence was, is something worth noting just as much as the responses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that that was, that's such a brilliant way of taking what you're already doing um, and putting it online and testing it out and running it through your audience so that they can tell you what they want. I know we were talking before we hit record about some of the courses that I could be creating. And I think it, it's really funny because you just said, just hit record when you're doing stuff and you'll see what you come up with. And I think that that was a really brilliant piece of advice that <laughs> I didn't even expect to get from you while, you know, as we were doing our pre-chat and everything, but I'm just, I've been thinking about it since you said that I'm like, yeah, if I just record my screen as I'm doing work in a one-on-one -on -one capacity for a client, and I do that for two weeks, three weeks a month, all of a sudden, I'm going to have a significant amount of information of things that I can build a course on that people, I know people need because I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And one of the things I've, I've been having this discussion a lot lately, because I have a good friend of mine who's writing a marketing book and you know, this, this idea of people who want to be experts in something, right. They want to be the coach, the consultant, 
the influencer, you know, have an agency or whatever that is. And we're all trying to build ourselves, you know, a little slice of the pie in this, in this mm-hmm, cool mm-hmm. online space. And, but one of the things that we, we feel like is that we have to know the exact everything. Like it has to all fit together in this beautiful box and it has to look all perfect in order for us to sell it and be an expert right? As if us continually getting better is some implication that we weren't good enough before. And the thing that people have to realize about courses is I I have a disclaimer on everything I sell, which is I reserve the right to make it better. Like I reserve the right that this is, this is probably going to get better in the next round, right? Because I continue to get better in the next round, um, no matter what it is. It doesn't mean that what you just got wasn't great. It just Mm -hmm. means it's going to probably get better. And I, and I want people to be shameless about that right? I want you to make the thing dirty, like get your hands dirty, like get in there and just do it, right? I got a, I, I got a course. It was actually kind of a bonus to something I had bought um, that was on Insta stories. And, mm-hmm. um, and when I went in, it was literally a, uh, I got a access to a Dropbox folder with an, uh, like a Zoom audio recording and a download, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, this is ghetto. Like, Okay, yeah, okay. All right. Great content though. It was a two, it was a 2 hour webinar. I would prefer not. Of course, I have the speed thing, so I'm on like 2.0 being like, "All right, all right. I got it. I got it. I print out the thing." But it was great content, right? And if if he would have waited to uh to to make that when he had all the time, all of the resources, all of the knowledge to take that and break it up perfectly and make it all perfect, um, I wouldn't have reaped the benefit of of now thinking about stories in a different way. And there's just, and, and I'll say this other thing too, there was one aha moment I had about Insta stories that forever changes the way I look at them. And, it, and that would make it worth the course. Like everybody that thinks that you have to add a value to every moment and every second that's in there. No, no, no. You just need to give somebody one thing that changes the trajectory of what, how they believe, how they think, how they look at something, how they do something. And that's where that value lies. You don't, you don't need a million aha moments, right? You just need the one, one aha moment. And you're not sure where that's going to be for different people. So I want people to just go out and start making something, right? And then mm-hmm. reserve the right to make it better. Because the longer you wait to have time to make it perfect, the longer you are depriving your audience of having good knowledge that they might want to actually learn for you from you instead of learning it from somebody else. Like recognize that some people just want to hear it from you. They want to hear the way you say it, your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They don't need it to be from somebody. And maybe the person that's, that's way advanced is too far advanced, but you feel like the person that they want to step up into, right? right. Or, they, or they understand that. So it's like, just stop waiting, everybody. Stop waiting. <laughs> that's a great, great way of thinking about online courses is just get it going. I mean, when you, you, it doesn't even have to, you don't have to do an alpha and a beta and a launch and a this, that, whatever. You can just get it out there, let your community know that it's there. And if you don't have as big a community, then you are going to give yourself more time, like Dana was saying, to do the marketing, to get eyeballs on it. And if you reserve the right for it to be better in six months, then anybody who's coming in and gets it at this great lower price at this earlier time when you're still working through the pieces, they're just going to reap additional benefits and you're going to get street cred. I mean, as silly as that sounds, but if someone gets some one nugget and learns one thing new that they can now implement in their own business or their own life, 
they're going to remember that they're going to remember you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, there's just such a wealth of knowledge, you know, we all want to be learning and improving. Um, and, and people can't do that if you're keeping it to yourself. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I am firmly, firmly agree. And I want to bring us back to Thinkific just a tiny bit, um, mm-hmm. just to make sure that everybody who's listening understands what Thinkific is really good for. When you were talking earlier on, you were talking about this bundle and you just kind of threw these other courses into, like, as you were recording these webinars, you were throwing them in to a bundle. I mean, I could use my words to explain what it is, but I'd love to have your words explaining kind of what that's all about. Yeah. So you can create individual little courses or pieces of content, right? And all the way down to one PDF that they download to a big course, right? And then you have a choice that you can make a its own kind of page to for people to be able to get a bundle of content. So you might have a get more sales bundle, right? Or a market yourself bundle or a, you know, the ultimate marketing bundle or the, mm-hmm, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And it's five pieces of content that you put together and they get this, this bundle of content. You could do a whole uh, series of interviews or, you know, piece of, like you could take this, this series, you could take these, you know, the six or seven people that you're interviewing, you could put the podcast episode, you could, and each one could be its own little course on whatever topic you could ask each of us to give you a piece of free content that you have in there. You could include the transcript, include a workbook and include a, you know, feedback from you of the lessons they learned and how to implement and the tech we talked about and some of the things they could do in each of those. And then you could sell a, how to, you know, use Thinkific to launch your first course bundle that you sell through Thinkific, like easy peasy. Right. And what you, what I think is the power of bundles, and this is kind of why I was going with this, is that with Thinkific, it doesn't mean that you're done. If you all of a sudden, if I did what Dana was saying about doing a Thinkific course, you know, doing a bundle that was all about launching your first course on Thinkific. And in three months, I bring on another podcast guest and they, without my knowledge, drop a ton of value about Thinkific. I can make that into another course and throw it inside that bundle. It's not being sold separately. It's just being part of that bundle. And everybody who signed up for that bundle automatically gets access to any new courses that you add versus if I had done this podcast series as a course by itself and had the six interviews as individual modules inside that one single course, someone might get to 100% and never come back because they're finished. But if we continue to add content to the bundle, then they have new courses that are at 0%. Yeah, it does give a perception of value for sure. And I also think it gives you more flexibility to do other things. The reason I like bundles is, yeah, because you get, you can, you can pull apart and play, right? And, Mm -hmm. and when we talk about one of the huge benefits of the reasons why I loved Thinkific so much is because it, it cut the time by like three fourths of how much, how long it took me to actually get a course up and going. And what you have to realize about business is that it is all about testing. It's about market research. It's about testing. The 80-20 rule applies for business. 80% of what you do isn't going to work. Nobody's going to care about that post. Nobody's going to buy that thing, whatever it is, right? 20% 
is going to flourish. And the successful entrepreneurs are the ones that see what the 20% is and they run with it, right? And mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. So Thinkific cuts all of this time out so that it allows you to play and test and see what's working without having all of this tech and all of this stuff so that every time you put something out, it feels like you're building a coliseum. Like it don't, don't have, doesn't have to be like that. It can be simple and easy so that you can test and market and figure out and then you scale up and then you put more time and resources into making that thing to the next level, to the 2.0 and the 3.0. And mm-hmm. then you decide which one you're going to put all your energy in and you want to be known for, you know, but the think if it gives you, a, it gives you a sense of play, like gives you, gives you the ability to play and test and figure out. And that's really where the, without all the pressure. And I think that's where a lot of the success is able to happen. I love that. I, 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 the word that kept coming to my mind as you were saying that was it's really a playground. It, it yeah. really is a playground that you get to showcase your expertise. You get to be that cool kid on the monkey bars doing all those fun things every single day as you're developing what you want to do there. Mm-hmm. Dana, you know, you have shared so, so much in this short amount of time. I truly, truly appreciate your time. And I want to make sure that everyone knows where to connect with you, all the boss mom stuff. And um, just because this is part of the series, it doesn't mean you're getting away without a little bit of a curveball question. Uh Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. First, you can find us at boss-mom.com. You can go listen to the Boss Mom podcast. We also have a Boss Dad podcast. Um, And it'll show you where all of our resources and like the Trello training and all sorts of other fun stuff that you can get is. So boss-mom.com is the easiest place to start. Nice, nice. We'll definitely have a link for that in the show notes. And because I follow you in multiple places, I might throw in a few of your social media <laughs> locations yeah, as sure. well. Um, but yeah, so like the curveball question, as I like to share and remind the audience, is really just kind of helping you to expand. After you finish listening, you get to kind of say, okay, where am I going to go with this content? So that you don't just hit stop at the end of the recording and go on to the next episode of whatever you're listening to. You can kind to think, what am I going to truly take away from this conversation that Jamie and Dana had? So my question for you, Dana, is if someone were playing around on Thinkific and they were playing and they were putting things out there and they were seeing moderate success, what piece of advice would you give them so that they knew that it was time to double down? Like, where do you think they would go to realize, okay, I have a couple of sweet spots and I can really kind of dig into something now. Yeah. Usually what I find is someone will have something where they're not getting a lot of sales and, but, but anybody who does go through their content is a raving fan, right? So mm-hmm. they're going, gosh, I've only gotten five people to actually buy it, but, but everybody who's gone through it is, is getting amazing results right? Mm -hmm. And one of the great things about Thinkific is they have really great sales page templates. It's really easy. So you don't have to worry about the tech side of a sales page. You can just worry about the content side of a sales page. So I would tell you, if you have something um, in Thinkific and you're trying to get it to to sell and you, you still know who's the people you found something where they're something when they're in it, they're getting great results and you, you are super excited about it. You just wish people, more people would buy it then I want you to go to your the sales page you have in Thinkific and I want you to ask yourself four questions. I want you to say, one, when they come to this page, before they scroll down to the bottom, do they know what problem we're solving? 
Do they know what we're, what we're, I'm actually telling them we are going to do for them, right? Not, I want to help, you know, moms to be more organized. Like, what are you actually telling them? What's the end, end result that you're getting them, right? Number two is, are you prioritizing the problem, right? At the end of them reading the sales page, are they going, oh my gosh, if I don't, if I don't make this the first thing I do now, then, then the, you know, kittens are going to explode. Like it needs to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is, is do they believe that you actually could help them solve that problem? Which means, is there any social proof on there? Whether that's stat, you know, uh, statistics that you've seen in research or case studies or social proof from people who have actually gone through the program please ask people who have gone through it to give you tell to tell you what their aha moments are mm-hmm. that on those page it, are you saying where you've been seen are you giving your story to show that you've been there and you've done that and now you've gotten success so is do, do they believe that you can actually solve that problem and then the fourth question is do they believe you can actually get them the results that they want so do you agree that the result that they're getting is the result that they want right like, it, is it that they want more clients? Is it that they want more money? Is it that they want more sleep, less stress, more happiness, whatever that is? Like, that you are really framing that the, that it is truly a result and it is a result they want, right? So we're, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can you answer those four questions? And usually what happens is your content is great. I'm glad you got it up and I want it to sell more. Go to your sales page and ask those four questions and to help you make sure that the that the way that you're framing and positioning the course is positioned to sell. Beautiful, beautiful. You've got the content. Now let's make it so that people see that this is a value and that they need it. Diana, thank you so, so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Diana is a true expert. How many nuggets did you take away from that episode? I would love to hear about it. So hit me up on Instagram. I am at tech of business. Super easy, super fun. And I look forward to wrapping up this Thinkific series with you in just a couple days with Thinkific co-founder Miranda Levers. And until then, I hope you started to think about how you can take your intellectual property, your passion, and convert it into an online course. If you have any questions about Thinkific whatsoever, let me know. And to get a free month of the pro plan of Thinkific, go to techofbusiness.com forward slash Thinkific. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.